Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this bonus episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbury, and it's great to be with you. Before we get started, I do want to remind you that new audio episodes air every Tuesday on all major podcast hosting sites. That new content, along with the back catalog of older episodes, will always be available for free at your favorite podcast hosting site. All you have to do is search Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, or look us up the easiest way by Googling Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. Do that today without delay. Make sure you subscribe so you're notified every time a new episode airs or we drop new content much like this episode you're listening to. Also, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318 or simply by searching Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook. There, the conversation always continues. You'll find written bonus content as well as every evening, seven days a week at 8.35 p.m., I release a live Facebook video episode that you won't want to miss. All right, sit back, relax, and let's get ready for the show. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, welcome back to this bonus episode. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we will be speaking in this episode to Mrs. Pat Cronk. She is a Democrat candidate running for one of three county council at-large seats on the Henry County Council in Henry County, Indiana. Henry County citizens will have a total of five candidates to choose from for these three seats. The three highest vote totals will secure those candidates their seats on the Henry County Council as at-large members. Of the five candidates running, three of them are Republicans and two are Democrats, of which Pat is one of. I have offered the same interview opportunity to all five candidates... And as those candidates set up and arrange recording time with me, I will release bonus episodes of each of those interviews. If there are any candidates or any candidate that chooses not to interview, I, of course, will highlight that as well. Now, please join with me in welcoming Mrs. Pat Cronk to the show. Pat, it's good to have you here. Thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate this opportunity to introduce myself to potential voters. Absolutely. Fantastic. So for those potential voters that might not know who you are by your name, why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction as to who you are? Well, I was uh, born actually in Texas, but I've been raised here all my life. So uh, a lifelong Henry County resident. I'm married to Alan McCrane. I have two children, Laura Cronk and Ben Cronk, and um, they uh, they have spouses and children. Uh, ben and Kirsten live here in town with their two children, and then Laura and Dave um, are in New Jersey. Alan also has three children in spread out <laughs> sure. in different areas all around here. Um, my um, so besides being a mother and wife, um, I've been a nurse for 47 years, and I have my background includes uh, 12 years in the emergency room, 
nine years as a home care nurse and uh, the rest of the time pretty much in um, hospital work. So I'm currently working at IU Health Ball, which is where I started so many years ago. So it's kind of interesting. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your service in the medical field. That's a very important job, and especially with what we've currently been facing with the COVID-19 pandemic, I again want to say thank you for everything that, you, that you've done. I wanted to be involved because, I, again, um, I just thought I wanted to offer something and, and help in this crisis. So, sure. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, moving on, you have ran for office before on the local level in Henry County. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why that's important to you and why you feel like this is just yet another way for you to help your community? I think the reasons and the motivation uh, for people to do anything is really important because it affects their actions and their decisions, possibly their ethics. Sure. So the re- the reason I'm running, it's not because I woke up and just dreamed, oh dear, I really, really <laughs> want to be in politics. The reason I'm running is I, so many, I, they're kind of multifaceted. Number one, I think that uh, we need someone with a broad vision and my background has led me to develop that. Uh, I think we need Democrats represented, um, the, a large part of the population either vote Democrat or have uh, some linking to Democrat ideals. I think we need uh, more women involved in politics. And I think we need uh, some transparency so that people making decisions are not benefiting from those decisions personally. I think that's important. And someone who is open enough to share what's going on and explain it in a in an understandable way. I think we do need uh, to increase the civic understanding of what's going on in our government. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, one of the things that a lot of people look at as needing improved in Henry County in a major way is the communication. Whether it be communication between the elected officials even and, and each other, or more importantly, between the elected officials and the community. What are some ways that you have in mind that you can improve this communication, not only between members of the council, but between members of the council and other elected officials, but more importantly, between the elected officials and members of the community? Well, I think anyone who's been successful in a professional setting certainly develop some skills to work with a great variety of people, both in age, educational status, um, political status, and um, financial status. So I've demonstrated that through my years in nursing and also in my uh, public life here. I actually look forward. I love challenges. I do. (laughs) Call me crazy, but I do. And uh, the, the challenge of and the opportunity of meeting and working with people who have different ideas is very appealing to me. But I also look forward to working with people who are open to um, working through things and looking at a problem from all sides, from many perspectives. So I think offering my perspective and listening and um, uh, entertaining other perspectives is 
is part of the job. Yes, it is. Absolutely. What about when you're dealing with members of the public and dealing with folks that might not necessarily agree with something that you vote on or on a on a stance that you might have, you know, it's important for officials to realize that you represent everybody, but even that being said, there are going to be times that you make decisions and that you vote and folks might not necessarily like what you have voted on. Tell us a little bit about how, how you would deal with that. Well, I think the key thing, one, one um, fundamental premise would be that a, a politician doesn't approach any particular important decision without getting input from the people they're representing. Yes. And we have to remember that we are not representing, uh, I would not be representing just my friends, just my party, just um, whomever, you know, like some small cadre of people, but um, really open to all the perspectives. Um, I just recently went, it was last week, to a, a solar, uh, the Greensboro Solar Project. Yes. They had a, a informal presentation by the Next Era Energy people to the community. And I wanted to go, not necessarily fly on the wall, because I did ask a question, and I was certainly interested in their the um, presentation from the Next Era people. But I was just as interested to hear the questions from the people, the public. Um, nobody particularly revealed any real strong pros or cons, per se. I think they were just um, still trying to make up their minds. And they may have some strong opinions that they weren't sharing. But I just wanted to, to figure out and learn more from the people. So I think um, a, a good uh, elected official is part of the community and is listening openly to what people have to say and then making the decision in the best interest of the community and the people. Very good. Thank you very much. So let's talk about some of those issues that are a little controversial. You know, it's we, Henry County is definitely not without some big issues here in the last couple years. One of those being the wind issue, and then currently uh, in the last couple uh, weeks and months, as you mentioned, the solar farm issue. This is something that is creeping up really all over the place, and there are a lot of discussions going on in a lot of communities like that has been and will be going on in Henry County. Wind obviously was a major issue for a number of years in Henry County, and although I think for the most part it's kind of settled down, I think it's always still there a little bit. So let me ask you, as a candidate running for Henry County Council, where do you stand on the green energy where do you stand on the wind issue and the solar farm issue in Henry County? You're right. It is a very important topic for people. And anything that affects a person's um, capacity to enjoy their home and feel safe, that's a big deal. And also uh, a person's capacity to... Um, maintain the financial benefits of where they live and, yeah. and if they were to 
sell their property at a later date if something would be um, potentially detrimental to that, that's a big deal. And so those concerns are paramount, as well as uh, public safety. Um, just when you compare wind to solar from an environmental or ecological standpoint, it seems to be, in my opinion, and, it, and not just me, but I've looked up on like the Audubon or the Sierra Club or um, Nature Conservancy, all, most of the major environmental groups support solar um, if, as an alternative to other forms of energy, including um, wind. And um, interestingly, the solar people did mention that they would put up a bond that would cover the cost of the removal of all equipment in the, at the end of the 20-year lease. So that was interesting. They, uh, I would invite people to get information and, and check it out. They can go to that Next Era Energy site. Um, but I think we need to consider, again, we've got to consider all the aspects, and we've mostly got to consider the people that are affected. Sure. There are benefits, definitely, and there are some financial benefit to the county. That's certainly important in a, in a pre, or no, we're still, I was going to say post-COVID, and I wish it, wish it was, but <laughs> in this uh, COVID situation and, and uh, state income down, you know, additional infra- income from solar would be attractive. Absolutely. So we've got to look at it from all angles. Well, and that kind of takes us into the next question. One of the key and most important functions of the county council is working within the budget and dealing with the budget. And as a county council member, if elected, how would you approach that? I know that there have been some questions about the budget this year, the budget process that the council just went through. But we're not going to really start seeing the effects of COVID-19 until the 2021 and honestly the 2022 budgets. So how do you feel, if elected, that you would be able to work with your uh, cohorts on the council to deal with that? You're right. It's going to be possibly time to tighten the belt. And the bad thing is people want services and we need services. We need the things that the county government provides. We need them for our safety. We need them. Uh, we need roads that can get us to and from work or school or um, anywhere safely. And um, we also need good services. We need um, amenities that att- make this, uh, community attractive so that we can attract new businesses. So uh, how we, the services we offer and how we look, how we, how we can attract other, pe- other uh, businesses and um, employment opportunities depend on the funding that we have to do all that. And it's going to be lessened. So then you have to look at, uh, I hate to say Rob Peter to pay Paul, but that goes on where sure. you borrow from one fund. Um, just as an example, I know them like Memorial Park. Um, I've been studying the budgets, and you know, the, if they don't need the money for um, the staff, but they need it for uh, equipment repair, well, they just take care of it. So there's a lot of creative adjustment to the budget, 
And as far as working with the people on the council, I would continue to be open to their ideas and also advocate that we have transparency in how the budget is determined and, and what goes behind the scenes. Because I think some people think, well, you go and you just hear this was done and that was done and you never know what led up to that decision. Absolutely. So I think that would, would be a, a place that could, is going to be very important if we do have to cut services. Sure. And uh, some services, it might even be, I don't know. I, I don't think we can cut any um, raises or uh, salaries per se. We're, we're already lower than surrounding counties. So, you know, and we need our employees. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's got to be, it, it's a tough one. It is. And it just, it just calls for working together. And I think the council is capable of doing it, especially if I'm on it. Absolutely. Okay. Now I would like to turn your attention to two projects that have been ongoing in Henry County for some time and have kind of been points of contention for citizens and have been issues for the Henry County Council and Henry County Commissioners. Those projects would be the Henry County Jail and the Henry County Expo Center. As a candidate running for Henry County Council, what are your thoughts on these two projects? Okay. Yeah. The um, Prior to COVID, I think the jail was, you know, first and foremost uh, in the concerns and, and the um, actions of the council, along with the Expo Center. So um, I was on a committee, it was called Alternatives to Incarceration. Mm-hmm. So I attended several committee meetings uh, when we were trying to, it, some of it was uh, coordinated with the HOPE initiative to elicit community input and um, discuss, identify what our problems were, what are the the issues we were dealing with, and what were our resources. So I spent a good bit of time working with people of both parties and with people from several different job perspectives. Some of them were counselors, some were teachers, some were law enforcement. I was a nurse. Um, there might have been one other nurse. And then there was a um, couple of people that uh, had been incarcerated because of drug issues. And they gave interesting perspectives as well. So that is is part of how I learned about the jail situation. As far as the funding, um, the bonds, there would be a, a municipal bond that would cover that, hopefully. Um, the one thing as far as the jail goes, we can't continue and we're not going to continue as we were because it was so costly when you have to um, transport offenders Mm -hmm. to other places and pay for their upkeep in other facilities, that's very expensive. So you're kind of darned if you do and darned if you don't, because you're going to have a high cost any way you look at it. Regarding the Expo Center, I know that there's been a lot of discussion about that as well. And even from one of our big um, attractions like the um, Cattle Club, Mm -hmm you know, to not infringe or encroach or do anything that would be detrimental to that because that's a very vital service and attraction for Henry County. And they do attract a lot of money to the county. So to make sure that the Expo Center is uh, coexisting peacefully and successfully without damaging or 
in any way that. So that was that was one big thing. But it just seems to offer a lot of advantages. I wish the Expo Center could also be coupled with a new motel somewhere down the line. Because sure. I think when we, we're trying to attract people to come and attend things, we need a place for people to stay, which could also then increase our income with um, food service and the taxes associated with that. Very good. Very good. Another big issue that has been facing Henry County for some time and has recently really come to the forefront and, of course, it has been a big issue in the council meetings. It has been a big issue for the commissioners. And it's something that the citizens seem really passionate about is the issue of diversity. So for those that are listening that might not be all caught up to speed, basically there's been a situation where a current Henry County council member has been accused of saying and doing some things um, via social media that citizens deem to be racially insensitive or culturally insensitive, and there's been this big pushback. And then, of course, we have the teaming up of a Henry County uh, council member, a different Henry County council member, along with a Newcastle city councilman to co-write this resolution that the Newcastle City Council passed, and then after a lot of discussion, the Henry County Council passed it initially, then the commissioners come along, and after a lot of discussion, passed a watered-down version, and then at the next county council meeting, the county council tried to, at first recall repeal the first resolution they passed and after a lot of discussion then they ended up passing the second watered down version so now we essentially have two resolutions it's just kind of muddied the water and i guess what i'm wanting to know is your thoughts on diversity in henry county and what you would do if elected to better this situation that seems to be still really raw in henry county well i was frankly shocked surprised and trying to think why would someone vote that down why would you just go with the watered down, as you would say, watered down version when the original version, which was bipartisan as well. So that was even more interesting. Uh, at my husband, Alan, we were talking and, and um, I know one of the reasons I think that um, one of the commissioners gave was that the 14th Amendment covered all that. So we didn't need any kind of more mentioning about diversity or anything. So if the 14th Amendment covered it all, then I have my constitution right in front of me here. Uh, the 14th Amendment mentioned the right to vote should not be denied or abridged on the basis of or on account of sex. Then we have the 24th Amendment which says uh, the vote may not be denied for reason of failure to pay poll tax. Then we have the 26th Amendment that says the vote may not be denied or abridged on account of age. So somebody smart, smarter than us, 
decided that we needed to name particular groups, name them so that we assure that they're being represented, respected, and offered their full rights. So I see nothing wrong with the original um, resolution because I think it did include diversity in, in every strike. And I think we need to say that. Sure. So um, as far as diversity, growing up here in Henry County, it was not particularly diverse. It still isn't, but it's getting better. And I think we, the only way this country betters itself is when it expands to include all types of people with all their talents and all their perspectives. And we need to respect and welcome that, celebrate it. And that's, I just feel very strongly about that. Absolutely. I, I can absolutely state that that's something that I'm very passionate about as well. All right, moving on, I want to talk to you about another pretty big issue facing Henry County, facing all elected officials, specifically the ones that are participating in public meetings, and that's dealing with the transparency aspect of things. Uh, Something that I'm very passionate about is trying to get all meetings to be streamed so that Folks that can't attend the meetings can still at least watch and and try to figure some way out to participate in their local government, whether they're watching it live or watching it the next day or, or even next week. That's something that's big, being able to stream meetings via social media. Something else along those same lines would be making sure that meetings that are supposed to be public meetings are held during the hours that the majority of the citizens can attend. So not holding meetings between the hours of 9 and 5, but rather having all meetings held at 6, 6.30, or 7 as an official if elected to the council, what would be your stance on all of this? Well, I agree with you. Um, perhaps some of the reason that we have uh, less voter involvement than we should is that people are shut out from the workings of their government. And I couldn't agree more with you that these meetings need to be public and the discussions that are held and even the civic input from the meetings needs to be aired so that people know what's going on. And I think the more people know, the more informed citizenry, the better the government. It's a better, it's a win-win. So, yes. Well, very good. Thank you, Mrs. Pat Cronk, for sitting down and talking with myself. And and hopefully the voters of Henry County will be able to hear this and, and hear the others and go out and make an informed decision, whether they're voting on Tuesday, November 3rd, or if they're voting through early voting or mail-in voting. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to be making informed decisions. But before we run, I'll just ask you if you have any final thoughts or if you you want to kind of sum it all up in your elevator pitch, let us know why the voters of Henry County should vote for you to fill one of the three at-large seats on the Henry County Council. Well, I try to impress people that I'm committed to this community and the people in it and to the environment. And that can be kind of a broad statement because um, we need health 
health in our environment. We need to um, make sure that people are safe. We need to support the health department because I know in, in years past, their budget has been cut um, pretty dramatically at times. So we need to make sure that we're funded properly in this time of COVID. But um, as a nurse, I think of the health of the people. So making sure that we provide a safe environment for people, um, health of the economy so that we're attracting new jobs, good jobs, good paying jobs. And um, uh, I think that what keeps us here or what people may move here for is this this place we call Henry County with its cornfields and uh, soybean fields and good schools and interesting and winning football teams. And I mean, just on and on. There's so many, it's a small town feel, but we've got some amenities and, and some people that are movers and shakers. We are growing with the Expo Center. That opens a whole new possibility. So I think we've got huge amounts of potential if we can work through all this um, and pass COVID, sure, <laughs> which sure, we will, sure. which we will, but um, we, we just need some creative thinking. And I think we need some new ideas and a new perspective. And I think I can offer that. Very good. Well, thank you, Pat, for joining us. Thank you, Chris. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Mrs. Pat Cronk, one of two of your Democrat candidates running for one of three seats on the Henry County Council. The election is quickly upon us. I hope that you will have a chance to listen to this and all of the other bonus episode candidate interviews. As I said, the offer to interview has been given to everyone, and if anyone chooses not to interview, I will definitely highlight that as well. Please do me a favor and share the show with everyone you know. We can be found on all major podcast hosting sites by searching Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, but the easiest way is to simply search Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. And, of course, you can find more content plus the live videos at 8.35 each night on Facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. And for all of us here at Perception is Reality, remember to get educated, stay active, stay involved, stay safe. God bless, and I'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.